You're listening to This Podcast is Too Important. I'm your host, David Rohde, and on today's episode, 1984, Have We Ever Really Learned? Because a few months ago, when you were asked what's the biggest geopolitical threat facing America, you said Russia in the 1980s are now calling to ask for their foreign policy back because, you know, the Cold War's been over for 20 years. But now they no longer care what you even say. Common sense is completely dead. Literally, two plus two can equal five if your kid can explain it on how he got there. Excuse me? Two plus two equals four. It always does. We are literally living in 1984. Press office no, it on doesn't. day don't one. Be so, don't be so overly dramatic about it, Chuck. What it, it, you're saying it's a falsehood, and they're giving Sean Spicer, our press secretary, gave alternative facts to that. But the point remains alternative that facts? In the late 1940s, British author George Orwell wrote a book, 1984. And in that book, he predicted what is coming true today with Donald Trump. Gizmodo released an article titled, Amazon sells out of 1984 as America decides to read a goddamn book for once. The Washington Post yesterday, why Orwell's 1984 matters so much now. The Huffington Post, the Orwell essay that's even more pertinent than 1984 right now. Yahoo, 1984 hits number one on Amazon after Kellyanne Conway's alternative facts statement. NBC News, sales of Orwell's dystopian classic 1984 soar after Trump's claims alternative facts. The Hill, publishers printing more copies of 1984 as sales surge. The LA Times, not an alternative fact, George Orwell's 1984 tops Amazon's bestseller list. In the last few days, since Kellyanne Conway referred to Sean Spicer's comments as alternative facts, a lot of people on social media have been blowing up about the book 1984. One thing that's been, that's been said so often in the five or six days since she made that claim is people saying 1984 matters more now than ever. Is that really true? Look, it's no denying that on social media, people have been making allusions to 1984 ever since Trump got elected. And even before that, people have been taking every little thing and saying, hey, this is just like the Ministry of Truth or hey, this is just like the Ministry of Love or whatever it is that you want to make an allusion to from that book. And I'd like to kind of talk about that. 1984 has been something of an insult thrown at people when their side's not in power. It's always been Fahrenheit 451, Animal Farm, 1984, Brave New World, all of these dystopian novels that kind of showcase an oppressive and totalitarian government. And we've been using those as an excuse ever since those books debuted. And we're widely read. I mean, Animal Farm, people are required, most people are required to read it in high school. 1984, a lot of students are required to read it in high school. I think everybody I know was required to read Fahrenheit 451. So I don't think that people can claim that now it's more important than ever. Because a lot of Americans have read those books. I just don't think we ever learned a lesson from them. Back in 1964 in Vietnam, there were some troops there, right? As we were trying to push back against the Soviets and the communists taking over South Vietnam. However, the United States people were not prepared to go to war yet. 
and sort of a godsend for the American military. The Gulf of Tonkin incident was a series of attacks that happened that were claimed to be from the North Vietnamese on, you know, American ships and South Vietnamese allies. And with that little incident, it caught on like wildfire. And then we were in Vietnam, which was one of the bloodiest wars of modern American history on, you know, all sides. Many South Vietnamese were slaughtered as a result. North Vietnamese women and children and men who had no dog in the fight slaughtered. And in all of that, we still lost that war and we had to come home as South Vietnam fell to communism. And it's all a little convenient in hindsight, isn't it? That the elites in Washington, the generals, and then and all of the anti-communists wanted to go to war to prevent Vietnam from happening or to prevent Vietnam from falling to the communists. And just when they can't get the American people on their side, this big event happens. And then all of a sudden, it's time to bring back the draft. Americans beating the war drums for a short amount of time. And as we know now, years later, we found that not only were the events and casualties of the Gulf of Tonkin incident greatly exaggerated, they might not have even happened at all. And back then, there were those calls of not necessarily 1984, but those similar styles of calls of the government's lying to us and this and that. And what did we learn? Nothing. We never learn anything from these events. Let's, let's go back to... A more recent war, the Gulf War in the, in 90, in the 90s, in the early 90s under George Bush the first. Now we, we were told that Iraq invaded our ally Kuwait and we all needed to go and fight it. And then a couple months later, there was this woman giving a heartbreaking and tearful testimony before Congress of Iraqi soldiers going into Kuwait, into the hospitals, ripping newborn babies out of incubators and leaving them on the ground. And that helped justify in the American people's minds that this war was important. And what do we find out later? That that girl who gave that testimony was the daughter of someone who was going to profit a great deal from this war. And what do we know now? Part of the reason why Iraq invaded Kuwait was because the Kuwaitis were using American technology to dig underneath and around the border of Iraq and taking their oil. Saddam Hussein was no doubt an evil man, and he would stop at nothing to squash any kind of threat. So why provoke him like this? Let's go a little bit more recent. Still, the Iraq War again. There were no WMDs, and yet the government lied to us and said the Bush administration lied to us, and the CIA, and all the intelligence agencies, not all of them, but a lot of them, helped lie to Congress to tell them that there were WMDs in Iraq, even though there was very little evidence that there ever were. So, time to go invade another country. Let's come up a little further still. What about in 2012, during the debates, when Mitt Romney said that Russia is one of the greatest threats? And what did President, at the time, Barack Obama say? The 1980s called and they want their Cold War back. And then a few months ago, what is being said? Oh, Snowden defected to our adversary, Russia, which as I covered in the last episode isn't exactly true, and that Russia is a huge threat to our democracy. 
how could people hear statements like that, those contradictory statements, and not think of 1984 then? Think of, we have always been at war. How do you, how do you not think that? One day, a country is our ally, and the next, we've always been at war with them. What about the surveillance? I mean, back in the 90s, when that movie Enemy of the State came out, and it showed the NSA spying on people, and we're able to get a lot of information on people just through illegal and unconstitutional spying, many people dismissed it as unrealistic. Many people just called anyone who believed that the government was tapping everyone's phones conspiracy theorists and told and joked around and said, go put on your tinfoil hats again. And then leaks started coming out and Snowden proved that the NSA was indeed spying on almost everyone, not just their phone and texting, but their internet usage as well. And that in fact, some of his reports showed that they were spying on so many people, they were completely ineffective. So why is it we're spying on all of these Americans and yet we haven't been able to stop all of these mass shootings? that we find that they had much evidence that they were going to do it before. Why aren't we able to stop stop these things? Why weren't we able to stop the Boston bombing, the Fort Hood shooting, San Bernardino? France couldn't even stop the Paris attacks, and they were just using unsecured text messages, and they have a surveillance system even more. Oh, is it because that the surveillance system isn't about security? It's about protecting the government from us. And nobody, nobody mentions 1984 then, at least Democrats don't. 1984 was all the Democrats could talk about during the Iraq war. It was all 1984 and Fahrenheit 451 and all of these things. But then when the Democrats came into power in 2009, all of a sudden we stopped mentioning 1984. Democrats do. Conservatives start talking about it, but they don't really make references to 1984. They start referencing Fahrenheit 451 and Brave New World. We have our go-to fictional novels that we reference when we talk about political ideologies and what they do. You see, the term alternative facts should come as no shock to anyone. Now, of course, the fact that Kellyanne Conway is being so brazen about it is a little troubling, and yet everyone immediately saw through it. She said the words alternative facts, and everyone took that and went, what are you talking about? But when people like, and I do, I do want to leave her alone because she lost, so, because she lost, but it's just a reference point. When Hillary Clinton sat on that stage at that town hall and said, we didn't lose a single person in Libya, is that not an alternative fact? When Obama was going out and saying all the things about the Affordable Care Act, saying things like premiums are going to go down $2,500 for the average family, you're going to keep your doctor, you're going to keep your health care plan. Were these not alternative facts? Or when they said that the mandate was just a fine for people who didn't buy it, it was just a fine, not a new tax. Oh, no, 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 not a new tax. But then when it gets to the Supreme Court, all of a sudden it's a tax and that the government has the right to levy taxes. Is that not just another alternative fact? When they tell us that the secret kill list doesn't exist for the drone program and then we find out it does, were they just saying alternative facts? Back in 2008, when the Bush administration started the bailouts of the financial crisis and they told us that this would help save people's homes and jobs and pensions and then it didn't, I think they were just giving us a little alternative facts. When they told us that Saddam Hussein had weapons of mass destruction and had plans to use them. Just alternative facts. When Clinton went on television and said he did not have sexual relations with that woman, aren't those just alternative facts? When Madeleine Albright tells 60 Minutes that the price is worth it when we... When our actions kill 500,000 Iraqi children, and then we find out that it made the problem worse, I think she was just following alternative facts. When they insist that we are not at war every single day with bombing campaigns all around the world, when they say that this is to keep us safe, when we know in fact that the people that are being bombed are no threat to us or our allies, 
And more people die, more innocent people die than actual targets. Targets, which, by the way, have been given no trial, have very little evidence against them. These are just alternative facts. And also in 2012, that that bill that uh, that Obama signed also allowed the U.S. government to once again engage in propaganda. And yet no calls from the Democrats saying that this is like 1984 or Orwellian lying and saying that these whistleblowers are traitors and that they defect to our adversaries like Snowden when, in fact, the U.S. government is who trapped him in Russia. Is that not Orwellian? Is that not more important than Kellyanne Conway excusing lies about inauguration sizes? The government lies. It's what they do. They've always been liars. And no matter how many calls to read books about the government lying, nothing. No matter how many people promise transparency, no matter how many people beg for transparency, it doesn't change anything. And we'll see. We'll see if Trump is bad enough that people actually start to understand what I'm talking about. That it doesn't just stop with Donald Trump, that it continues every president in the next election and the next one after that, that it continues every time. We'll see. But I don't have very many hopes. Sure, Amazon.com can sell out of 1984 today, and people will read it today, again, and they'll call Trump's administration an Orwellian nightmare, and then they'll move on, just like they did from Bush to Obama, or just like the conservatives did from Clinton to Bush, and then from Obama to Trump. So we can read these books, and we can call out the government surveillance and lies when it's not our party in power, but we never really learn our lesson. We never have. Not in 40 years have we learned our lessons completely. We always move on to new things. So I hope... My hope for the American people is that they finally learn the lesson this time and it sticks. I think things will have to get a lot worse before the American people learn from both political parties and all sides of the political spectrum that you can never trust the government no matter who it is in power because they will lie. They will lie to service their own needs before ours. And that there should be no such thing as the idea of don't end fight because we're too busy fighting the Republicans or do not end fight, do not end fight between the Democrats because we are too busy fighting the Republicans or whichever. Because the greatest threat to our democracy is not Russia. It's not any foreign leader. It's not the businesses even. It's the American people just getting amnesia when it's their party that takes power. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. Our theme song was Devastation and Revenge by Kevin McLeod. You can check out a lot of his music at incomputech.com. If you would like to join our Facebook group and leave me a comment there, it is at facebook.com slash too important, or you can go to our SoundCloud page and leave me a comment on there as well. Make sure that you subscribe on iTunes or Stitcher or wherever it is that you listen to podcasts. And make sure you leave us a five-star review on iTunes because that helps us start reaching charts so that we can reach more people and that eventually I can start doing more with this podcast. If you would like to be a guest on This Podcast is Too Important, just comment on the Facebook page and I'll get back in touch with you. Other than that, your life is important. You matter. And have a great day.